0: This is Calvin Buchanan. This is Cornell Beard. This is Underrepresented, the podcast about design and culture. So what's good, Calvin?
1: I'm good. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good, brother. Episode one.
1: Episode one.
0: We here. So,
1: underrepresented, what does that mean to you? Um, Underrepresented means those people without representation. Um, That group of, like myself, black designers who work in these creative spaces don't really have that voice um, that people are looking for. They're kind of hidden in the shadows with it, I'll say. Um, you're not really seen. When um, you go to places, it's you kind of alone and isolated. Yeah. Um, when you're in school and you're kind of looking for classmates who look like you, you don't really see that. When you're um, getting internships and you're sitting and waiting for those interviews, you're the only person um, that looks like yourself. You don't need black individual who's sitting in that waiting room waiting for those interviews you get your first job um yeah you're the only kind of black designer there um and you're looking for people who look like you or that you can latch on to and mentor you yeah and you don't really see those kind of faces that look like yourself so yeah for sure it's like mean. it's like
0: not even from a, just like a, <clears throat> a minority perspective but more from like a black perspective right and being black in these spaces right and being underrepresented yeah and which brings us to like why we're starting the show now exactly um so I remember back in December, you reached out to me about you meeting up with um, one of uh, a certain individual we both know. Yeah. And you brought the idea of, like, creating a black networking series. Yes. And just somehow we can collaborate on that. And, you know, over the last two months now, that's morphed into this podcast. Right. And so we're here now, uh, underrepresented. And shit. Like, I feel like it's a very uh, valuable you know, it's a very valuable podcast. And I don't just say that because, you know, I'm a co-host of the podcast. Right. Because <laughs> I feel like because this perspective is very much needed. And when, you know, we have these conversations, um, Alvin, and uh, Abdi, production the team. Show, production team here, shout out to them. But uh, we always have these conversations. And I feel like in the moment while we're having these conversations, I feel like, you know what, I feel like this will be really valuable for other people to hear these conversations.
1: Exactly. Which brings us to this part today. That's how we uh, turn this out. Um, like I said, it's, it's hard to reach... Like when someone Like you said We met this individual Who kind of reached out to us And we kind of Share some stuff with her We're like How can you share These experiences And this knowledge With other people Outside of Everyone coming to meet With us individually And kind of sitting down And kind of having our views um, The views of some of the Guests we'll have in the future Do you you mind sharing
0: That that story quick About Um, what she
1: she Asked you Or what she um, brought up to you I'm not sure. Like I said, it was like we talked about um we talked about a lot of different things. All right. Um she, well, I, I met up with her uh, too, okay. a few weeks after that and i can probably share that from my perspective what she yeah, because um up. she spoke about um being in in class uh student at the University of Minnesota. Um I also went to the University of Minnesota for a number of years also and I had that same kind of experience where yeah. you're sitting in a classroom and you're going over reviews and connecting with peers for critiques. Yeah. And you're showing this thing that is like it is it is black through <laughs> and through the kind of project <laughs> that you're working on, you're connecting with who you, um, your demographic that you're looking for this project? Yeah, and there's no one to kind of review this stuff with you to kind of connect on a level of I'm speaking to black people because someone helped me. Yeah, connect this critique to um, that black experience. Yeah, um, so I felt like, like I said, I've been in that same kind of space. Yeah, um, so it's hard to get feedback when you're when the people give you feedback don't really hit that demographic of who you're trying to talk to so. yeah exactly yeah, yeah
0: and then I met up with her as well and she came to uh, to my agency where okay. I work at uh, 10,000 Design shout out 10,000 Design um, on behalf of Call McVoy um, <laughs> anyway so like she came through and like I showed the agency like we live we-, we have a really dope work environment right like, you know there's like big murals everywhere we have a cafe that's fully staffed with like pop tarts and I mean our yeah fully we have a pantry full of you know great snacks we have beer on tap we have wine and everything and <laughs> like it's great and she we have I think around like 220-ish employees Okay, so she comes in and I give her the tour of the place and she's like wow this is amazing and we sit down and like I look at her work and we talk about like you know what she's doing great and things like that we talk about you know her background and things like that but then she talks about how like this is great like Cornell I really appreciate you taking the time to you know sit down with me but like you know as we walk through here, like, you're the only person here, you know, like, there's no more of you, like, I may enjoy this conversation, but, like, when we, if I were to somehow work here, like, that, now it's, like, me and you, like, like, we're here, so, like, (laughs) that's just, like, I I don't really think about it on a day-to-day basis like that anymore because I'm so stuck in this grind sometimes, so to have a podcast like this now and, like, reflect on those things, like, okay, like, how was my work week? Like, do I have, do I face these, like, little microaggressions throughout my days, or do I have these certain projects where, like, you know, having that black perspective may actually help either clients accomplish goals better? Right. And, yeah, so I feel like that there's a lot of value before, a lot of value in this. My apologies, I have a little cold right now. Okay. I'm getting a little congested. But, um, yeah, so I, I think that going into it, going forward, I mean, I think that, what do you feel like the people can expect From the podcast
1: Um, Just those kind of topics um, Talk about being black In those those creative spaces um, And then how we kind of deal With those different kind of things So you're looking at um, When you're making Pay negotiations Looking for promotions um, Looking to um, Again Some of those things From those aspects Of how race um, And those kind of Different kind of topics Kind of interact And kind of connect Yeah. So you're looking at um, like you said, those microaggressions. Um, yeah. How you kind of change up yourself when you're in these spaces where you feel like you got to conform and kind of be like the rest of everybody else, and you kind of lose a little bit of yourself in that, and how that kind of affects you too. So yeah. What do you? What are some other topics you think we kind of? I think maybe address too.
0: Yeah. Well, I think um, the value of like the importance of actually being like your authentic self. Yeah. And like you just said about like not trying to conform or like be a different pre- place in the work. Right. A person in the work environment. Um. And also just. This idea of, uh, or expectations from your employer for, like, okay, we're hiring Calvin because you are, you know, fully capable to do this position, but you are black. Right. So what do I expect from you to be a black person in this work environment? Okay. And also, like, you as an individual, like, what do you feel like is, like, you're setting the, the tone of, like, who are you in this work environment? Right. And, like, what do you expect from, like, your employer to, like, either cater to you because you are this, like, when it is Black History Month, and, you know, like, do you feel like there should be things that they should be doing to cater to, like, your your background? Is there things that, like, yes. like what is that? It's what I'm saying, like, <laughs> things like that, like, I feel like we have these ideas, like, within ourselves, but we also, you know, think about, like, things we don't think about, like, what is that employer's intentions to, like, when they do hire people, like, is it do they like, have like black hires because you like you're black, or like do they it's, like just like there's more things that do go on around this like topic of like being black in creative spaces, right? Um So yeah, I feel like that I feel like there's never ending topics, and like that's why we have these never ending conversations, exactly that will go on forever. I like that,
1: and then I said bringing in guests too to kind of have we'll see what their perspective is because like I said, all we can do is talk about these things from our own kind of personal experience and our perspectives, yeah. But bringing in other people who have like I said a different background and perspective than we do to kind of yeah. give that what they can. What Their experience was in these same kind of situations and yeah. being black and creative in these spaces, too. So,
0: can we actually go into that now? Like, a little um, learn more, a little, a little more about your background?
1: Sure. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, my pops was in the army, so people and I, but I've been in Minnesota for yeah. pf, 25 years, probably. But people ask me yeah. if I'm from here, I'll be like, Nope, nope. <laughs> I just, yeah, I'm like yeah. I said, we traveled a lot, so I just, I, like I said, I know people who are from Minnesota and they are from Minnesota, yeah. And I just can't claim Minnesota because, yeah, I got here late, and I'm just like, I, yeah. Uh, hey i love it here but it, i'm just not from here yeah. so yeah. yeah
0: it's not my real home <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> um but yeah so i lived here for 25 years um high school here um when i was getting out of high school um it's not like tv so people are like oh then you meet with your guidance counselor and then pick out what you wanted to do out there yeah. i was like nah, that's not how that went at all yeah um i was ready to go into the army. Um, yeah, something like you did, but um, I found out I had, like, crushed my ACTs, and uh, Katie McGuatt, she was the um, founder of our, I mean, she was, like, the president of MEP program in uh, yeah. St. Paul Central, and she was, like, found out I had did great on my ACT, she was, like, no, nah, you're going to college, you're not going yeah. to the Army, so she grabbed me up, uh, got me a scholarship to the University of Minnesota, Um I was at the University of Minnesota that following fall after I graduated, um, didn't know what I wanted to do, Yeah, I was kind of just moving through college, with no kind of guidance again, no one kind of pulled me aside. I didn't yeah. know what I wanted to do. Um, so halfway, not even halfway. Um, my senior year at the University of Minnesota. Yeah. Um, my cousin was like, "Uh, what are you doing?" I was like, "I'm getting an art degree." Yeah. He was like,
0: "Art degree, artist." Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, <laughs> I, was, I thought I was
1: gonna just get an art degree and then teach high school art somewhere. Yeah. And my cousin was like, "Nah, you should uh, go to MCAD. Check them yeah. out. Um, a graphic design program." I was like, "What's graphic design?" Yeah. Um, so then I went to the I went to MCAD's website and I was like. Okay, graphic yeah. design is what I want to yeah, be doing, yeah. Um, so then I um picked up my senior year, went to MCAD, and started school all over again. So yeah. I was 22, just transferred schools. I had a free uh, full ride at the University of Minnesota, yeah, and started all over at MCAD. Freshman in the door, maybe 10 credits transferred over, yeah. Um, so I started my brand new school career that's 22 yeah. with a daughter um i may have been married at the time um yeah. <laughs> starting school all over um got out of mcat after five years so i did yeah. like nine years of college to get. A- how was your experience at mcat my experience at mcat was it was super dope at mcat um at the u still even at mcat still like it was different to me because i was like i wasn't a student who lived on campus yeah um i would be at school and then go right back Home or yeah. be in the hood Kicking it with my, my guys And stuff yeah. like that So Cause U of my, M is a
0: state school And then it MCAT is. is a traditional Design school right Yes uh, Like
1: private art school Where you're paying Buku bucks Yeah Instead of just Like I said Scholarship money And then going to Paying that Paying nothing To paying 25,000 semester Or something like that Yeah, yeah. And that was, was back in what Ninety two thousand, yeah, yeah, two thousand. So yeah, so I know it's gotta go up. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it was, it was killing me. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was it was just it was great though to be in that environment though, where like, because it made me think all things graphic design all the time. That's where it yeah. was at. So I would be all my classes were graphic design related. Um, I started having internships. All my internships was graphic design related. Like when I got out of school, when I, even though I was in school, like all my everything on my resume was like. Summary, were like connected to graphic design or something like that yeah. that was my goal i was gonna make everything i was doing connected to graphic design so it was just great to kind of be in that environment and just kind of be immersed in that too so it was dope
0: yeah and then what was your first job out of, out of your design program
1: um my first job at a design program was i worked actually at the school we had a oh, yeah. had an in-house design studio where i did work um like real we did real client work so we did uh annual reports when annual reports are being printed out still.
0: Yeah.
1: um, Making brochures and flyers and posters for programs, um, nonprofits and stuff like that. So it was also a dope program there. Then after that, I worked maybe three months at 3M. All right. um, Because I had to get myself a real job. Yeah. Um, And I was like, I hated that. And I was like, I need to go get me I want to work in a design studio. You go to art school, go yeah. Working at um yeah. That's the that's the dream. After that, right? Right. Everybody wants to go to uh, work at an agency. So, um, started looking for agency jobs. Um, got an agency job. Worked that agency job for nine and a half years. Yeah. It's dopest. It was probably it was my my favorite job ever. Yeah. Um, like I said, we just we just did everything. You work at what do you do right side. now? By the way. Um, right now, I'm creative director in house at United Health Group. Got it. So, um, like I said, I love my team, love the stuff we're doing there. But just working when you're young. Out of design school Working at an agency You're just You're just into it you, You're you like say so you're putting in The late hours You're doing yeah. Everything You Ooh, guys, I know them late hours. <laughs> you don't turn down Any I'm projects Yeah Um. You Like I said You just every, we, we didn't say no to anything We would just yeah. Say yes And then figure it out later So it yeah. was just dope To kind of be in that environment Where Can you guys do a kiosk design Yeah we can do that Can you guys yeah. do interactive stuff Yeah we can do that Who knows Flash I know Flash yeah, I can yeah. learn it this weekend Yeah cyber stuff like that So you just do everything So it was just a dope experience To kind of be up to your eyeballs and design, like, 24 hours a day just doing stuff, too. So, yeah, yeah I appreciate that.
0: Yeah, that's dope. That's real dope. Yeah. How,
1: how did you get to where you at right now? What was your journey?
0: Man, well, it all started July 25th, 1992. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was born into here in St. Paul. Okay. Um, Spent most of my life here, um, me, my mom, and my sister. Um And... So first 14 years of my life, I was in, like, fairly, like, <clears throat> fairly diverse schools. Okay. This cold is going to kill me today. <laughs> but uh, fairly diverse schools. Um, But then um after middle school, my mom up and took my family out to, like, the suburbs, like, a suburb of of St. Paul, which okay. is in like, Apple Valley. And so going from, like, a diverse, like, school background to a predominantly, like, white school. Right. Where I would even go to the extent to say, like, probably, like, 99% white. Um, and to be, like, like that one of... Two black kids, like in all my classes, and so it was like really foreign to me because like that's not how I grew up. But also to see like all these kids that you know they have like the latest smartphones, they got right. they got the, the Ugg boots. The, even like the, <laughs> the the white boys got the newest Jordans and everything like that. It was just like kind of kind of different to me. Right. Um. But yeah, so a lot of my high school career, I just kind of like, struggled a lot from uh, just switching schools, like out in the suburbs. Um, ended up graduating with a really poor GPA. I'm not gonna go into. Uh, okay. <laughs> but uh so I didn't really know what to do after high school. Um, I always had a passion for like, you know, drawing and, and anime and just even like fashion, I guess. There was no counselors there to kinda of pulled
1: you aside uh um, on television. So unfortunately <laughs>
0: I'm not like the Migos and there wasn't no teacher that said, like, I ain't gonna be shit, Okay. I'm not gonna do amount to anything. Like, I did have teachers that like came up to me like, oh, like, hey, Cornell, like, you know, you need to try harder, like, you should okay. try this, you should try that. But I feel like at the place in my life, I just really wasn't receptive to right like, feedback. I understand but, that. Like, I was just, I was hard-headed. Yep. And, um, yeah, I forgot, Miss Hanson, I believe, was the actual counselor that, like, would always come up to me and, like, try to, like, help me out. Um, That's dope. But that was my first two years in high school, then I moved to another high school, then another high school, then back to my old high school. And it okay. was, like, way too much. And <laughs> counselors kind of, like, just really didn't care after that. But anyway, so, like, I graduated, um from Burnsville High School, out in the uh, in Burnsville area, and then didn't really know what else to do after that. Um, a lady I was, like, a good friends with at the time, she brought up the idea to, like, join the Army. Um, I was 17. I told my mom, like, Mom, I want to join the Army. She's like, you're not joining the Army. Okay. <laughs> like, right, not joining the Army. And then fast forward two months the, from then, um, I turned 18, and then a good friend of mine, we are Sitting in, like, his uh, little, like, son room or whatever. And he brought it back up. Like, you ever think about joining the Army? And I was like, yeah, but I just, my mom was like, she wasn't here for it. And she's like, you know, when you turn 18, you can, like, make that decision yourself. Okay. Um... And within 24 hours, like I went to the recruiter, like learned that I can join the army. Um, a week later, I joined the <laughs> I joined the army. Okay. And five months later, I was in the army. And, like, <laughs> it was it was fast. Like I didn't do any research. I didn't go look at Air Force or Navy. I'm like, what's your what's your benefits packages looking like? <laughs> right. It wasn't of that at all. It's Just like I don't know what to do. Like I just I just joined the army. Right. So um yes, yeah, so I went to basic down in Georgia. Uh, went to airborne school and a lot of that time, like was more so, like, me finding out who I really am. Okay. Because throughout that four years of, like, being in high school, I really feel like I was, you know, like, that, uh, like, the Krusty Krab me, we're like, uh, or, like, Mr. Krabs were, like, he's, like, in his, like, days. Okay. Like, <laughs> I know, I'll be done you know, talking about But, like, so that was, like, my entire high school program. Like, I just, I didn't really know what I was here for. Like, okay. I tried the sport thing, and, like, I just, it just nothing was really fitting with, with me anymore. And I feel like that was just, like, a lack of identity, so joining the army, and okay. he more so gave me that time to actually just sit down. Um, cause like the the number one lesson I learned there is just to like just be quiet and just like act, like see like more so like taking your surroundings. Okay, cause you're not actually <laughs> able to actually do like you you just you can't you know like right. especially like in the basic training. Uh, first I first got there and you know there's like drill sergeants they're yelling and everything and everybody's like going nuts and. um... I'm sitting in a, like, formation, and, like, for example, you're the drill sergeant. Right. And he's looking at me, and I'm just, I'm, like, looking at him. Because, like, this is how you communicate with somebody. And he says, what the fuck you looking at? (laughs) And he said, don't be eyeballing me. And I'm, like. That seems on brand for the Army. He's, like, all right, hey, roger that drill sergeant. And, like, so that, for the rest of my 10 weeks down there, I was just, like, kind of, like, head down and just, like, just going through the motions. But, you know, like, when I'm in my bed at nighttime, thinking, like, okay, like. This shit not for me. Like, I cannot do this for the rest of my fucking life. So, like, okay. what am I going to do? So, I'm sitting there just looking at the ceiling. Um, my uh, homie under me, like, in, like, the other bunk bed. That nigga This is a This is that basic? This is that basic. And so, like, <laughs> I'm just sitting there at nighttime, just at night, just looking at the ceiling. Just, like, what am I going to do? Like, how, what, what does my life entail? Because, like, I'm not doing this shit for 20 years. Okay. Um, and I'm thinking more about, like, when I get out, like, what do I even want to go to school for? Um. I always had the idea of, like, wanting to be, a like, an art teacher as well. Okay. I had a great art teacher when I was in uh, elementary school. Um, but somehow between seeing that art teacher and becoming, like, a young adult, I just found that, like, teachers probably don't make that much money. So, like, it kind of just... I didn't really want to do it anymore. Okay. Um, but, you know, I always had that idea or passion for, like, you know, art and design. So, I kind of... C- Came with this idea to like just I don't know, just like continue like draw and like got more into uh, drawing like tattoos for friends and everything. Um They had this like, competition in our basic training platoon of you know like we need somebody to like create the platoon T-shirt, which is you know every company every platoon like has their own design okay. for like what their shirt looks like for that little like cohort, and so like it sparked this thing when I mean, you sparked that art part of me like my mind like like yo know, like, you can actually. Be in the army right now and actually like go like create some shit. okay. Um, so I create this little bulldog logo for first platoon bulldogs and had like this like rifle behind it and uh the, the date and everything and put it out into the world and it wasn't really well received, <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't well really feeling that, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so other dude, M. Alessi, like he he drew something else that was. Not nah, as cool, but like everybody else liked that shit. But, um, the Bulldog so yeah, was a no go. Yeah, so mine the logo <laughs> was a no go. Uh, and but the homie came up to me afterwards. He's like, Hey, hey, Cornell or, or or a beard. My last name's Beard. Okay, he's like, You got that drawing stuff, so I want to get a tattoo to my side. And I was like, You want, you want what? And he's he like, I want to get a tattoo right here on my rib cage. Okay. And, I was like, all right. And so I, I give it to him. He's like, you should get it, too. And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't really got the abs right now to be putting <laughs> tattoos down here. But, you know, I think about it. But anyway, so you got a tattooed, And, like, that was, like, just for me, like, that's, like, one of, like, the first things that I, I designed that went into the world. Okay. Uh, besides my own tattoos. And and to, you know, go to the shop with him. And, like, he got it done. And, like, I got a little chest tattoo that same day. And um, it was just, like, raw to, like, see that I created this thing like on my notebook and now right. it's like it lives on this person. Right. Um and that kinda like set the tone for like my life going forward. That like I just love creating things. I love, you know, whether it's drawing tattoos or creating platoon t shirts or like little coins that, you know, um leaders give out in the army. Okay. Um so when it came time to actually me to continue staying in the army for active army for another two, four, six, eight years. Right. Or to I don't know, like leave army and go to school full time. I made that decision to like leave the army and go to school full time. And I uh, joined the Army Reserves. And throughout that time, like, I was doing my generals. Um, I did, like, some exercise science classes or whatever. Became a personal trainer. And, I don't know, within the summer between, I guess, like, sophomore and junior year of college, I met a, a woman working in advertising. And she talked to me about, like, a design program. Okay. So I told her how, like, you know, me and the homies were working on this clothing line. And I don't know how to use Photoshop and blah, blah, blah. She's like, well, cool like you know, like, um, designers can actually make decent money and, you know, it can teach you the software and everything, and, you know, if it's something you're interested in, like, I'd love to, like, connect with people. Um, which she did, and actually, that's actually at my current job right now at 10,000 Design. She connected me with uh, the design director there, and, like, I came through and, like, met up with him, and he talked to me about, like, what it is to be a designer, and, like, you know, um, what do that's I want dope. for my career. And, yeah, and, like, since that day, like, I was like, like, bad that's is what I need to do. Um, so I enrolled into my design program, and did that, and, like, throughout my four years there, like, I really fell in love with the idea of, like, design. And I, I didn't even know design existed, like you, like you said. Right. I, I didn't know that was a career. Like, <laughs> right. Like, I didn't know this is really out here, like, designing. St- I, I just didn't know, like, it was a thing that whether, I mean, design is everywhere around. Is like, your right. phone is designed. Like, these apps yeah. are designed. Like, your Tommy figure Right. Like, button up. Like, that's, it's all, like, design, you know? Yep. And, like, I just never really like dove that deep into it um but actually once i actually got into the program and learning more about like design heroes um and like see how people can like make a really like long-lasting career and actually even become legends right and from like just like design so that's kind of like what really inspires me going forward okay but throughout my design program and learning more so about like conceptual design and actually adding meaning to, like, design. So, yeah. like, not just, like, creating things, but how do you actually add meaning to certain things? I yeah. remember it was... Um, I worked on this chat book um, about Kendall Lamar's Tip a Butterfly album, and I was trying to figure out, like, okay, like, how can I... Like make this like blackly black, you know. Like I don't okay. want this to be just like a like a book for everybody else is like. I want this to be like a like a black book for real. Okay. And so thinking about like, okay, like how can I do that? Like, is that just using the color black? Is that more so just like featuring more images of like Kendrick Lamar and like other people that he used throughout that album? Right. Um. Or from a design standpoint, like, is there any like black typographers that I can like you know feature in this mm, in this book? I like that. Yeah, which is like dope, right? Yeah. But you know, you go to Google and like you type in like black typographers. It's hard. Like it's, okay. like, it's hard to find black typographers. Okay. This is, like, I think this is my sophomore year of my program. Okay. And, like, that was just, like, yo, like, we really not out here like that. Or, like, <laughs> maybe the world just don't want us to shine. Yeah. And so I feel like that even brings us to, like, this conversation today. And, like, why is there so much underrepresentation yep. in this design, in this, like, design um, career? But also, like, I mean, like, you and I both know, like, black is cool. Yep. <laughs> so like I feel like at the epitome of like good design and like cool design like it may even come from like a black place. Right. But like there's not like a lot of representation.
1: I agree. That's what I think that's a big thing too. Like I said I think we both had that thing of like not even knowing graphic design was a thing. Yeah. Um I think there are people who know who know that it is a thing for them, and so it's a path for yeah. them. Early, it's like it's like people want to be. I want to be a lawyer, or a doctor, or a graphic designer because they know yeah. about this thing. It wasn't even on our radar because we didn't even know people who are in these spaces doing this kind of work even knew that was a thing. Yeah, and again, like hopefully this kind of this podcast will help with that at least. Turn people onto the idea of they could be a graphic designer or a black yeah. typographer or a creative director or yeah, um, whatever you want to be in these creative yeah, spaces. There's so
0: many. There's so many space, Like there's so many positions available within that design background. Yes, that design degree can turn to anything. Right. And Like I said
1: I, Like you said Everything's designed like, So your yeah. phone is And then even within your phone The apps that you use And people yeah. are And product design And actual app design And things like that And again 15 years ago I didn't even know These things um, Like I said Who knew What a uh, product designer was yeah. Or even a graphic designer Or a creative director What they do I didn't yeah. know what, none of that stuff would it meant to be any of those things. No, yeah. I just think that's, again, hopefully that we can help people identify some of that stuff, bring on some guests. We can help people identify yeah, where they want to guess. be in the world, too. So I
0: know we got yeah. a guest coming up here. Uh, her name's Madian, um, a co-worker of mine. She's an experiential, experiential okay. designer um, and, like, strategist. Okay. And so I feel like within that design scope, there's so many, like, things that like you like you mentioned, like UX design, UI design, right. uh, product design, and even, like, in our current space right now, um, even with the homie Alvin over here as, like, producing this podcast yep. that, you know, he can design experiences, you know? Yep. And, like, how do you actually create an environment that people really, like, thrive in or yep. want to be in? And, like, I feel like I can come to this, uh, whether it's this party or this uh, trivia night, and actually connect with other people. Yeah, And, like, how do you actually design that experience, right?
1: Know? For that kind of in- – set up that engagement and how people connect with other people. Like I said, yeah. if it's a networking thing, how do people kind of network? And, again, hopefully we can kind of set that tone for, like – how do you get in those spaces and network yeah. with other people and things like that yeah. too? Because connecting with people can be hard for some people who aren't used to yeah. getting outside yeah. of their box and their, their comfort zone to kinda of connect with other people too. So
0: Yeah, I think that's something we're right to hit on a lot throughout this podcast is that the question of how, like, how do you actually get into these spaces. Right. And I like, think why that's, is it valuable to have these people in these places?
1: Yeah, I think like I said, the question of how for like just a lot of different kind of things too. Yeah. Like I said, how to network, how to collaborate, how to Connect with people, how to negotiate, like and yeah. all these kind of different things you want to do as you move throughout your career, and how do you do it and go about it? So
0: yeah, especially when you once you find out that like, oh, like I can become a graphic designer, but since it's been foreign to you for your entire life, how do you actually even become a designer? Right. Like, yeah, you can go to school, but that for your degree, like, literally doesn't really. I'm not saying it doesn't have a purpose, but like, right. it doesn't like. Okay, you have a degree, like you have this job. It's yeah. more so like, okay, like you have this degree, but how do you actually? navigate to the right job how do you right. even get to that agency because i feel like you said you know calvin and MCAD and like the teachers are like y'all gotta get this agency job you gotta get a right. design firm y'all yes. gotta be go go on and get live great lives <laughs> right. and do great things and make legendary work but everybody can't go on to like do legendary work everyone right. can't go to these agencies so like <laughs> right. when they do have these like big uh like whether it's like internships or like junior level positions that are open and you know there's calvin and then there's 175 other applicants yep. that are, you know, young, hungry, college students as well. Like, how do you actually, like, get that role, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that
1: stuff is important, too. Like I said, I hope we can share some knowledge, bring in some people who can help also give their perspective in that, in that knowledge, too. So, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And as always the black perspective. Yes, I definitely. I feel like that's the key thing in uh, this whole thing right now.
1: Right. We can't ever lose perspe- that kind of black perspective, too.
0: That's all we know. We black. So Yeah. That's uh, inside <laughs> and out. Right. Um, <laughs> Is there any one of the last words you have for, for the audience here before we get out of here for the day?
1: No, nah, I will say um, tune in, hang out with us. Um, like I said, we're going to bring in some guests. You're going to hear some stuff from us about all kinds of different kind of topics, design, culture, and how that stuff kind of plays into being a black person in these creative spaces. So check us out. Yeah, check us
0: out on Instagram at under underscore represented. Um, we're streaming on all major platforms from YouTube, Spotify, Apple, um, Google Play. But until next time, it's been real.
1: All right, we'll see y'all.
0: I'm not going to dab this time.
1: Ooh, no dab. (laughs)